You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We were discussing this in our pre-show meeting, which happens like literally right before we press record for about three minutes. And we agreed. We must discuss the greatest upset of the week. And that will be Ohio State, Penn State. Yes, Penn State. You, you want a big game under James Franklin. We got fruit baskets. We got meat of the month club. We have celebratory processed meat spread. We'll send them all to you. Just congratulations for that. Is an astonishing thing. However, we do have to note one thing. Before we talk about how Ohio State lost its first game of the season and courteously showed the rest of Ohio how to share the spotlight, because that's, that's what that was about. Not about Ohio State losing a game, but about clearing the way so everybody could focus on the Indians. Because remember, the Buckeyes lead first in the state of Ohio when it comes to sports. The Buckeye-Indian... Brown slash Cavs, whichever Trill Ballins character you want to become in following Ohio athletics. The point is, uh, Jason, Kirk, college football editor, joining us as always from Kennesaw, Georgia. What's the point we want to get to first? Uh, Leonard Fournette killed a man um, on Saturday on live television. The LSU junior running back. Received a pass and was running up the left sideline when he uh, when he engaged into uh, contact with a freshman Ole Miss defensive back. Poor freshman, poor freshman who just didn't oh. just didn't know what he was getting into, and the man ended up um, ass over tea kettle, his face in the ground, halfway into the upside down, um, looking like a fucking tombstone, just it, it, Leonard Fournette just just turned that poor boy into into gravy. And and it's it's a shame someone needs to do something about it, and and uh, oh man, they're just gonna let him do it again next week. That's that's all. I'm I'm just so I'm just so so worried for these for these young men out there. This was the worst single Ole Miss defender moment since Trent Richardson shook Sanquez Golson twice in the same play. Yep. So by by that logic, um, poor in Deion 2011. Hanson, yes. In in a by that in two or three years, he will have his revenge against LSU and have a game-sealing interception. So just patience, young man. Yeah. Ryan Nanny joining us. Uh, did you see the Did you see the fornetting, the fornetature? I mean, I tried not to because I'm trying to keep my soul clean. But it's you cannot watch that. You have to sort of confront it. and under, I, I'm not going to hide from the evil in this world. I refuse. And what Leonard Fournette did to that man, oh boy. Pure, pure, yeah. pure evil. Yeah. Um, 
this was this was I thought I was over videos being recut to Jim Ross announcing mankind falling off of the cage. I, I'm not, and this was proof because our very own uh, SB Nation social staff remixed it to that, and it worked. It worked, and I got excited. Ole Miss has played seven games now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're three and four. Yeah, <laughs> which we'll get to that mm-hmm. separately. Um, in the eighth game, if if they give up 70 yards on the ground, they will have given up more rushing yards in 2016 than they did in all of 2015, including the bowl game. If, I, I, I am hard-pressed to think of one specific part of a team that has gone so completely bad from one year to the other, with the exception of maybe mm. Christian, Christian McCaffrey probably falls into that category too. Uh, I would, I, I would, I would actually before this, uh, I would before this say maybe Leonard Fournette. I guess he's okay. Well, he got to play Ole Miss, so all is well. <laughs> all is that, that'll just you know when you, when your when your cylinders aren't firing and whatnot, you know you just 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 mash the gas and let the engine work the thing out. You know, you ever have one of those car moments where you're just like, I don't know, fucking floor it. See if the, see if the car figures it out. Well, the car figured it out. Um, are you guys excited for yeah. the Egg Bowl to quite possibly be? the determining factor of which Mississippi school goes to a bowl game and which one doesn't? I can't wait. My God. There's nothing I want more. (laughs) (laughs) The two five-win teams scratching (laughs) for that six-win. Didn't this happen a couple years ago? Was this when the the Dr. Bo Fumble Bowl? Wasn't that that bowl eligibility on the line? Uh, Am I misremembering? I don't know. Spiritually it was, but I I would have to go back and look. I do know this, that in this game, uh, we don't normally give out player awards here on the full cast, but I have a player of the week, and it's Deontay Anderson. For he just, he sold that like a stunner, man. Is that he like sold, a, is this like a Purple Heart kind of thing? I am. I'm so proud of him because he got up and he played. <laughs> he, got, <laughs> he, he was leveled. He uh, was inverted for a moment. He rolled back like he was performing some sort of collision yoga pose and then you know what he did he kept playing man they were getting their ass kicked and he stood up we don't talk enough about players who get rocked in the teeth and then show up the next play that's what he did (laughs) he didn't like drop out of school he didn't (laughs) leave the state of mississippi yeah he he stole that sold that shit like the rock taking a stone cold stunner nobody can take a stunner like the rock the rock will be like 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 levitating over the (laughs) over the rope that that was the visual and I think you're right. This man deserves an award for his bravery out there. So Ole Miss, don't think of it as a as a disappointing total collapse of a season. Just you know, the WWE writers. This just this just wasn't your year with them. That's fine. You're gonna get the belt. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe we could maybe, maybe maybe in a few. Not maybe a belt. <laughs> yeah, the 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 SmackDown hardcore belt. <laughs> Yeah, you know Bama has the turnover belt. Ole uh-huh. Miss this game had the turnover. He, was, <laughs> he, he got was turned over. He got the turnover belt because he was literally turned over. Ole Miss has the overturned belt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, can I just give this to Deontay Anderson? Not a banger, man. It's a DB. It's back there. And you know what a lot of DBs do when they're confronted with contact? They do what I do. They fly to the sideline. Just <laughs> whoop. I'm sorry. That's that's you know that's what some safeties would do, and uh, that's not what Deontay Anderson did. I think if I'm in Deontay's uh, shoes, uh, I, I see Fournette coming at me. I'm just like, oh shit! I didn't see him. I, I thought I thought yeah, oh, you see me run. I, I was going going the other way. Uh, yeah, we had uh, we had another thing in this LSU old Miss game. Uh, whew, we had we had a guy take out two blockers at once, and oh good lord, it was violent. It was it was absolutely astonishing. So, in other words, we were going to discuss the most important game of the week, and we ended up discussing what we actually felt like it was the most important game of the week, which was LSU. Just, I mean, don't sign me up to that. I'm not going to say it's the most important. No, this 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 will define the season, right? Yeah. It was. Okay. Okay. Cool. Spirit spiritually, I will say there's two really good things for your football team: playing Old Miss, having Ed Orgeron as interim coach. <sighs> When you can get those two things at once, you're making you're making vines. Yeah, no, you you got put several people, multiple 
pieces of social content were created in this game. That's an indicator. We should go back and look when the season's done and find yeah. which games generated the most vines and which team had the most vines generated on them. See? New award. It's the vine yeah. That's fucking brilliant. I do hope that um, after this game, Ed Orgeron quoted the entirety of the um, the parable of the prodigal son to Hugh Freeze and the old Miss fans, <laughs> but all in Ed Orgeron voice. Oh, and they did slay the fatted calf. Ho, ho, ho. Rub it down in the spice. And Hugh Freeze can't walk away from that. Like, what, what, what brother Hugh? Like, he's going to walk away from a Bible story? <laughs> He'll be so. He's just, he's just got to stand there and listen to it. <laughs> He'll be so steamed about it, too. He'll be so mad. He'll be like, I can't walk away. Ed knows it. Ed's like, oh, oh, oh I know. I got him, bro. <laughs> Plan that. Why didn't I think of the fat calf cool wrap up a tackle leader? Yeah, that's the thing is that they'll do that. And then the next, like, in the Egg Bowl, Hugh Freeze will try to pull it on Dan Mullen. will be like, what? You, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Bye. I never heard this before in That's my it. life. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy how your Dan Mullen speaks like a 1940s mole. Well, he's right? from like, he's from like Vermont or whatever. So it, it, it's, uh, you know, whatever, one of those fucking states. So it's all that same accent. One of those, you know? one of those John Irving states. Yeah, one of those, I don't know, that it snows all the time or something. Yeah. Yes. One of those Volvo states. He's definitely from a Volvo state. <laughs> The upset of the week, the, the game, the most important actual game, now that we are done talking about how Leonard Fournette absolutely baptized a man on the field of play, that would be Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, Ohio State coming into this game undefeated. Uh, trick, funny thing, they're not undefeated now. They're voila. Six, voila. They're now 6-1 and one because in the most lopsided score, box score, uh, by quarter examination of the game, if you look, uh, it Penn State, it, this would have been uh, 21-7, were it not for the fourth quarter. Because Penn State rolls off 17 straight unanswered in the fourth quarter, including my maybe my favorite way for a, a team that is probably on paper the inferior team to win a game. That would be blocking a field goal. Gets <laughs> them every time, man. Probably on paper is, is, block? is, such a, is such a kind word for the team that went eight for 23 passing and ran for less than three and a half yards of carry winning the game. Like on, 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 on tablets, on spreadsheets, on all forms of media, Penn state was not as good of a team as Ohio state. It just didn't fucking matter because Penn state did like three better things than Ohio state did. And they did them at the right time. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, this, I like, uh, this continues the streak of when Ohio State loses a game, it does so in such bullshit fashion that Ohio <laughs> State fans look extremely ungracious for not saying they were the better team that day. Like they have to bring up all the very you know valid points. Like oh, against Michigan State, we just decided to not you know like use our best player, which kind of happened again. The Curtis Samuel had uh, two carries in this game um, for an average. Five point five yards, <laughs> ten touches total, but that's not enough, man. Yeah, I mean, so, how like, can two years in a row can, that's happened where the, the the winning team is like no one really knows how they won, and Ohio State fans when they try to explain it, they just sound like sore losers, which all everyone can enjoy at least. I would like to point that out too. Uh, Samuel had two carries, two. They were for seventy-one yards. So to be fair, maybe maybe Urban Meyer and Ed Werner just sensed, well, that's as many yards as we'll get out of him. Anything else is just bringing down his yard yards per carry. Average. I mean, one of those, one of those of the two for seventy one. One was for seventy four, so the other one was for a loss. So really, oh, you're okay. saying you're saying he's a coin flip of either he's going to run for a loss or he's going to run for a seventy plus yard touchdown. And I don't, I you know, we'll, I think I'll take that. That's risky, man. That's that's yeah, just, he's oh. only averaging eight point two yards per rush on the year and twelve point seven through the air. That's in, I don't know, probably mm. only giving the ball like once. I think. <laughs> yeah, I would like you. I would enjoy, by the way, finding one thing that that Penn State did better, because uh, on the stat sheet it's not there. I watched this game, and it looked like this too. You're going, this doesn't add up. Nothing about this adds up. Uh, they they got after J T. Barrett like a motherfucker. They, there was six sacks, and it felt like just infinite hurries. It felt like J T. Barrett was 
uh, it it literally felt like every play he was he was moving around and he's good yeah. at moving around but that will that will hurt you at some point and yeah they had they had 11 tackles for loss in this game which mm. that's that's pretty damn good yeah on offense Penn yeah. State didn't do a goddamn thing but on defense they looked uh, awesome and you know Ohio State fans have been saying our 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 our, our, our offensive efficiency efficiency has been declining for a week so, well okay you're not playing Bowling Green anymore um, and Wisconsin and Penn State have good defenses, so you know, good de- good defense on the road. Yeah, you know, you didn't play a great game, but shouldn't expect too much more than this. Yep, and then you get the lottery, the lottery ticket. It worked. It cashed in. Congratulations, all those people who told you that relying on blocked field goals to win a game—they're wrong. Now you're sitting on the full luxury of taking the stipend and getting the loss all at once. That would be. Penn State now at five and two, three and one in conference. Same as Ohio State, mind you. Despite, as we said, playing a game where offensively, largely butt. If there were butt rankings for the Big Ten, and I really encourage you to follow Rubber Chickens on Twitter because it does a fine job every week doing the SEC butt rankings, describing how much butt and what type of butt each team is. Uh, this week, Penn State's, I don't know, some like prime butt because they kind of look like butt, but here we are at 24 21. Okay, but see what I did. Um, yeah, exactly. Flip good, side, yeah. you know, I, I get that we're all like, haha, Ohio State. Here's here's a little fact for you, for all you haters out there. How many Urban Meyer teams have finished a season with one loss? The answer is five. Spencer, how many of those teams won the damn national championship? Two. The answer is three. God, you're dumb. Three. Three? Three, yeah. yeah. Do you well, remember how many national championships he's won? You rooted for two of them. I rooted for two of them. I just forgot that, yeah, I forgot that they actually lost a game that year. The Virginia Tech game, which uh, it yeah. was very similar to this game in some respects. Um, how many... By the way, by the way, let's just go yeah. back and let me say, I still don't believe that, that Virginia Tech beat them that game. So, they did. The, yeah. they, JT Barrett was in that game as well. JT Barrett also just got, just, just his offensive line could not protect him when they needed to. I think Spencer is arguing that facts don't matter, and that um, if, if we don't, if we, if we, if we, uh, if we choose to contest the results of that game and do not accept the outcome, um, we can just say that no, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't. All think I'm saying, all I'm saying is this: sixty percent of the time, when Ohio State loses one game, only one, they win the national championship. When an urban Meyer, when an urban Meyer is- team does, but, but, but. What happens, Spencer? How many Urban Meyer's had two teams that he's coached to undefeated seasons? How many national championships have those teams won? <laughs> oh, I think I can get this one. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Go Utes. That's right. So if anything, this is a this is a good thing if you're an Ohio State fan. You don't want to go undefeated because then somehow your athletic director prevents you from playing in the national championship. This is my this is my grand point that every Alabama fan would acknowledge, correct? That eventually this Alabama team, you don't want to get through the regular season undefeated. You don't. You need you need the artificial motivation of a meaningless loss to spur you to greatness, right? That's what has to happen here. For instance, uh, that didn't happen. Segway against Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah, you, you know, they put up a pretty bold fight and uh, you still got beaten badly. Yeah, and it was very close at halftime, and A&M managed a lead for like three minutes in the second half. It was was an amazing three minutes. It was a precious three minutes when everyone just sort of perked up and said, I'm not ready to believe, but I'm considering believing. Um, But, I mean, if you look back at the first half, the only reason it was close was what? Bama missed a field goal. Okay, Bama always misses field goals, Mm -hmm. but still. Bama missed a field goal and was just kind of sputtering in the red zone. It was held to field goals on two others, so... Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it, man, the game could have been put away at halftime, but, oof. Yeah, you got it. This was, this was another game where uh, maybe even not as close as the score would suggest because A&M didn't have 300 yards offense, man. They, they, they got a little bit lucky. They got some field position. They mounted, I think, one prolonged drive, if I remember correctly. Kept Trevor Knight hemmed in most of the time. Uh, Ford never really got off at running back. And defensively, they couldn't block the Alabama run game. Mind you, that's the Alabama run game, which is basically the old Auburn run game. 
except run just as well and uh, with probably better players, if we're being totally honest. When Hurts, when you're starting quarterback and throw two interceptions that it doesn't matter, that's that's where we're at with Alabama, right? When Jonathan Allen, my brain just sort of like flipped inside my skull remembering this. When Jonathan Allen can beat his defender and then Superman dive over a running bl- back on the block to sack Trevor Knight, if you, we might, I'll include this. Here, that'll be the thing we include. We'll include this clip. Because I just want everyone on the planet to understand that Jonathan Allen is not messing around. Not at all. No, nor is anyone on this defense because they all seem, you know, that thing where Ed Reed, they used to like, if you've watched Bill Belichick, a football life, there's this great scene. Ed Reed is on film. Bill Belichick's watching him in his office and he's sitting there and you hear Bill Belichick go, look at this motherfucker, like out of the side <laughs> of his corner of his mouth <laughs> because it, because he's watching him and Ed Reed walks in the office, I, I guess they have, or no, this is the, like, he's watching him and then they go to the next clip and it's them on the field before the game. And Belichick walks up and he's like, God, I hate you. I can't because he can't put film on them because they all know where the ball's going. Even if they're not in the position you think they should be in, they're going to get the ball. That's how good this defense is. Like I, I know this isn't the Anaconda defenses that they put together. I know you can get some long plays on them. I know this doesn't look like, you know, 2011, but this defense and the way that they anticipate ball movement and pick balls out of the air and force fumbles and disrupt stuff, they're way more fun to watch. I, I love watching this team. I hate myself for saying that, but this is a different team and it's a different kind of football. You finally, finally crossed over. All, the, all these years of Nick Saban evolving, they finally succeeded in winning over Spencer Hall. Um, my, my favorite stat from this team at this point is that Jonathan Allen has two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey has three rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, so could be a close battle for the for the Heisman race. Um, really, I mean, uh, let's see. Eddie Jackson, Bama defensive back, done for the year. That's bad. Other yeah. than that, uh, yeah, I, I think mean, we can agree that that's bad. That's that's very very bad. Um, and that you know that might be like. The only real concern, you know, even even though everyone else on the defense is good and all that, but man, we are rapidly running out of chances for this team to lose. Well, the one uh, this is yet another segue. If we if we if we want to actually if we want to actually look at who they could theoretically lose to, there's only one team on their schedule who looks like they're capable of putting a biblical beat down on another team, and I mean biblical because. We're talking about the family, and we're talking about Jesus' original football team. We're talking about that most blessed of tribes. That's correct, the Auburn Tigers. Oh, no no other cheeks were turned here, sir. This is purely Old not, Testament. Not one. Not one in this game. Um, Ryan, did you watch this game? No. I, I, no. This is, why? Why would I watch this game? Spencer, um, did you? Uh, I watched, I think, about half of it. And every time, yeah, and every time I turned it on, um, Arkansas was down by more and more points. It was, it was, every time I turned it on, it was in case, like, you know, most blowouts, you can turn to it and they'll hit a kind of stasis, right? Like, oh, they're up by 34. They'll just kind of park it. Nope, 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 nope. Got 14 points in third, 14 in the fourth. Every time I turned it on, uh, Brett Bielema was at the blackjack table and deeper and deeper in debt, right? It's just, I'll buy back in. Okay. (laughs) Hit me. Hit me, throwing fifteens at you all day long, sir. That's, I haven't even I haven't even dealt you a hand yet. Just hit me. Just I would like. I, I kindly request you hit me. <laughs> and boy uh, did. Yeah. And this Auburn was... did. Auburn, the Auburn run game. <laughs> the Auburn obliged. run game just hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you just to the tune of five hundred and forty three yards on fifty seven attempts. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, they weren't throwing down a ten every time, but they're throwing down nine and a half yards. There are. I'm counting this. If I'm counting this correctly, there are five different players on Auburn who, in this game, averaged seven yards a carry. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, you want to hear this is my favorite. It's cheap stats, but let's have them. Okay. Uh, Cameron Petway is long with 27. I'm going to give you the long runs of everyone else not named John Franklin. <laughs> okay. Here are the long runs in a total of 543 rushing yards 78. 51, 31, and 41. Those are the long runs that Arkansas allowed. There is no way that Arkansas's defensive coordinator makes it to next year. 
None. No. no. Absolutely um, not. They just and and Auburn still just could not be less interested in passing the ball. Threw the ball twelve times in this game. Completed 50, seven passes. Just just didn't care. Fifty seven carries. I do think I I do think that is the if if you are looking for the most uh, glaring way in which the Iron Bowl is actually not going to be close, it's that I don't think you can be entirely one sided and just and just do it on the ground and beat Alabama. Hello LSU. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a good recipe for success because at some point you are going to have to show a little balance or do something unexpected or take a shot downfield. And and I am a little worried that Auburn is doing it has kind of uh, let that muscle atrophy. But for the meantime, you know, hey, this is a hell of a lot better than this season started for Auburn. So I am mad at you. Yeah, I would. This is also the point where I think Sean White takes the field at quarterback against Alabama and Alabama's defenders just look up. and They're like, nah, no, nah, (laughs) next. Not that dude. Disagree. No, you dis you disagree. <laughs> just or they or you agree that they're gonna walk out and just be like, not that dude. Yeah, they just they not just take dick. one look and they say mm, Mute and block. Report this dude for spam. Yeah. I'm reporting this dude for abuse that I'm they, about they, to put they, on kind, him. Kindly ask White Sean to reconsider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go get your other man. The other quarterback. <laughs> that would be, I think, like a number of really terrifying things you could do as a defensive player. Um, I'm on record as saying that the thing that would make break me and get me off the football field forever as an athlete would be if somebody absolutely hammered me and did the entire Geico line to my face. The, ooh, baby, nothing's faster and more like, efficient than Geico or whatever it is. If you did that whole line, I would completely lose my mind and just walk off. I'd be broken. <laughs> The other thing would be if somebody did that, if a linebacker just walked up to the line of scrimmage to blitz the A-gap, looked up at me and was like, nah, 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 not you. That's all it would take? If they were Alabama and I was Sean White? Well, yeah. No, no, I understand. Just, all right, that's fine. I, yeah, I'd call, I, I guess I'd, it's... I'd, I'd, call, I'd call timeout. I'd be like, no, no, it's not me. I don't, Cook, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like our play. They, they had us... Man, they they had us red. Okay, well, I didn't, what do you want? Yeah, I, I didn't like the, I, I, I didn't like the look out there. We lined up as uh, as not Alabama, and they lined up as Alabama. And I feel like that was. I feel like we need to switch up the play call. Maybe see if we can get them to line line up as Mississippi State. I didn't like being behind the center. Oh, you, you want to be in the shotgun? Wow, that's still behind no, center. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe back up even more. Maybe uh, why don't we maybe line me up in punt? Is, why don't we line me up in punt pop- formation? How about yeah yeah quick kick? I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Stewart, a former like radio host here in Atlanta with the Two Lives Do, said he lined up for Alonzo Spellman once on a special teams play, and he had to catch the. He, I think he was like catching the edge, and Ryan Stewart looked up, and Alonzo Spellman was in tears and like gibbering incoherently with rage, and he called timeout, walked over to Bobby Ross, and was like, nah. <laughs> "No, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> Thank you. No. Nah. Just, just and Bobby Ross this. is like, "What?" And he's like, "No, not me. Um, <laughs> tuition is not worth it." On on the flip side of the rushing ledger, Arkansas ran the ball thirty one times, and they didn't even get one yard per carry. Whew. Gee, ah, this is. I mean, ultimately, it it may not. It probably doesn't tilt Arkansas's season one way or the other. They already had two uh, two losses in the division, so they were effectively out of that race, and they can still, you know, they can still put together a decent season in a somewhat rebuilding year, but man, this, this was just, this was a pasting. Yeah. They that, still get to play Mizzou. So they still get to go to a ball. Oh God. Can we, all right, let's Ooh. get that. Let's get that out of the way real quick. Uh, Spencer, do you know yeah. who Missouri lost to this week? Well, I do because back in my NCAA playing days, the, the only team I would be for a real long time, was the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders? We went through a lot, won five or six national titles. Uh, it was it was a special moment. So the bond I have with imaginary Middle Tennessee State, it's unbreakable. The one I have with real ten- Middle Tennessee State, it's faint. It's usually where in high school we'd go to buy weed. 
that's where you could do it. it was Middle Tennessee State and Murfreesboro. Can I remind you before we begin discussing this? Oh, uh, the offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee State. Who is that? <laughs> it's Tony Franklin. Oh, it's Tony boy. Franklin. That's oh, correct. God. Where did Tony Where did Tony Franklin come from to coach voluntarily in Murfreesboro? He left Cal. That's right. Which is uh, which is still in the Power Five. Now, can I also remind you too? He was pretty happy at Cal. He would like he grew his hair out. He lived in a loft. You know, I suspect that between you and I, Tony was probably living the life out there, man. I, I don't think you know. Might, might have had a card. Might have just been chilling. <laughs> I, whatever. I think, right. Yeah. Uh, spiritually, I think he explored some things when he went there. This and he a, moved this from a medicinal Mer- offense. <laughs> you really remember only take a quarter of the Tony Franklin <laughs> offense at a time. Really, if, if ever there was an argument for how um, disheveled Cal is, it's Tony Franklin leaving Berkeley for Tennessee. Yeah, the, the um, most Berkeley of Tennessee. all football coaches leaving for the middle of for for a part of Tennessee where there is a McDonald's, and that is the only thing I've ever remembered about driving through it. Mm, they got a you no. Know, they got a Carabas. I'm pretty sure they got a Carabas, and they got the Ulta there too by the mall. If you go through the lot, it's it's bland. Is what we're saying. So Tony Franklin's officially the freakiest person in Middle Tennessee State. But you know what? It paid off. They fucked up homecoming. They fucked up Missouri's homecoming. <laughs> On homecoming, man, Mizzou lost at a homecoming to Middle Tennessee State. And let me say, not an entirely like dismal loss because middle tennessee state they're pretty good i I don't think that an sec east team should ever lose to them necessarily (laughs) but but here we are it happened they gave up 584 yards and six tds to middle tennessee state so in case you wonder whether the sec east has experienced that long-awaited renaissance with the influx of new coaching talent brave new thought and additional funding and improved facilities nope nope not there it's not. We're not even close to it. It's not happening. Listen, if you're going to lose to a Conference USA East team, you lost to the best of all of them. So take solace in that, Mizzou. That's That's comforting. Um, boy, and you know, it just breaks my heart because this really, this really puts a damper on Georgia's signature win so far. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I, I love you so much sometimes, Ryan. <laughs> Georgia also just knowing he knowing, suffered a transitive <laughs> loss to Tennessee State. Mandy was in a real, real brawl. With State. I love that every Georgia fan, to you, to every Georgia fan, you are the snake that doesn't bite until the last possible mm-hmm. second, yeah. right? Like, oh, this snake isn't too bad. Oh, God! <laughs> he found a way to get us. Always. Every single time you will find a way to get back to how dumb Georgia was for hiring Kirby Smart. Not sorry. Not that... Yeah, no, no, not sorry. <laughs> no. The other game that I wanted to get to was uh, a, a more, a less important game by position and more important in terms of uh, sassiness, spite, a little bit of personal tiff between two coaches, very large personalities and outsized styles. That would be Todd Graham and Mike Leach. Do you want to narrate this particular shit show for us, Jason? So... Um... Sometime around last year, Mike Leach became convinced that Arizona State was stealing signals. And while everyone agrees that all coaches steal signals and it's just a part of football, um, he has intimated that it went beyond what is usually allowed and has involved technology. He's used the word technology. Um, He's described it as being like the Enigma code, (laughs) Um, which is extremely Mike Leach. You know, he's referencing historical uh, historical events. Um, while he calls you a cheater and, and using technology, that's what gets you, you know, that's like Patriots grade cheating. That's, that's Bill Belichick stuff or man, Bill Belichick. We love him. Um, so he, you know, he's saying Arizona state is going well beyond just gamesmanship and is actually breaking rules. Um, Todd Graham is of course a man of, excuse me, a man of impeccable honor, a man of highest, something in your throat. Ooh, sorry, Ooh, I got through that one. The man, a man of the the highest personal uh, p- personal merit and personal regard, um, that was very 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 offended by this. And Pac-12 find Mike Leach. So then after the game, after Washington State's win, uh, cameras recorded Todd Graham approaching Leach for the for the for the you know for the handshake. 
so mumbles, 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 chicken shit. Mumbles, mumbles, bullshit. Mumbles, mumbles. How about some respect? Something like that. Leech looks at him like he's a space alien and then walks <laughs> off like he has no interest in looking at space aliens. Goes to the post-game presser where he's asked, not even stuff about, like, do you still think Arizona State cheats? Just stuff like, how did you, you know, plan for Arizona State's defense? And he, he drops some Marshawn Lynch <laughs> wisdom like, oh, well, I prefer not to comment in any way that would get me reprimanded by the Pac-12. And it just keeps repeating that over and over again. So uh, All in all, just peak Mike Leach for a solid two-year campaign against a a conference foe um man i don't even know where to begin not even not even a division foe not even not even a foe that you necessarily have meaningful recent history it just compared to pullman the other side of earth it's it's fucking bizarre but that's why you hired mike leach you didn't hire him because you wanted to have normal relationships with other people Yeah, and and I mean, they won. It's like, it's sort whatever. of like it's sort of like getting a python. It's not a move you make because you're like, oh, this will really you know make me uh, beloved by the community and show people that I'm responsible and easy to talk to and approachable. You just do it because you want to be fucking weird, and that's fine because you know if there are there are places and times in life, and Pullman is probably one of them, where it's better. To just buy a python than try to be normal. I, in this, I am stunned by the use of chicken shit. <laughs> oh, it's chi- chicken shit that's, is one of my favorite dad that's cusses. Bobby Cox level cussing right there. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Chicken shit is a great dad cuss. It's the kind of thing um, where, like, when the cable company doesn't show up. And they're four hours late. He's like, that chicken shit Time Warner representative promised me they'd be here between two and six. But his ass, his ass lied. I don't feel like it's a profanity that Todd Graham has the rank for. I feel like he needs to class up before he can use chicken shit properly. I just don't feel like he has the gravitas to use it. So right? you're, d- you're not- downgrading him to horse crap? Bull, bull yeah, crap. He's, oh, Damn. yeah. Yeah, he's a bullcrap guy. Okay, all the way down to a bullcrap. Wow. I was gonna say he could he could go horse shit at least, right? or is horse shit is that even more advanced? Horse shit, horse, shit? horse oh. shit's a little more aggressive than chicken shit. Wow. Yeah, okay. You okay. got to be you got to be super comfortable with that, and you know, there's a lot of coaches who are masters at profanity. I, I think this is a misstep by Todd Graham. It's really not fitting the talent he has on hand to his system. Of profanity so chicken shit's not really it's not anything that leech is gonna hear either because he knows it leech is like yeah you can't carry this off it's not an act that you can pull right that and also i don't know if you notice leech's expression walking off and i i don't want to entirely take either gentleman's side here taking mike you fucking liar you fucking liar (laughs) (laughs) no i really don't i really don't i think he's saying he doesn't want to take a side that doesn't oh yeah i mean he hasn't my worst self i.e me would but in trying to be reasonable you really don't want to necessarily just blanket agree with mike leach on things you don't (laughs) Yeah, yeah 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 in a lot of ways yeah in a lot of ways on a lot of issues you don't want to agree with leach let's talk for instance let's ask mike one time his opinion on injuries and on head trauma. Oh, no oh. one does that because he lives in Pullman. But man, if you do, you'll get eight to 12 minutes of tape that might scorch his entire career. See, so I think Mike Leach was making that face because Todd Graham said chicken shit. And he immediately was like, well, really, what chickens excrete is sort of a mixture of uh, <laughs> urine and urea. And it comes out of a cloaca. So see, I don't... It's, it's, more of a, it's more of an oil slick. See, it's <laughs> not a... Sort of a paste. Oh, it's, of got, it's got the viscosity of uh, sort of like hot mayonnaise, I would say. It's not, not well, really shit at, at all. short-haired fella coming up to me talking about how chickens shit. And then the, when I was about to have a dialogue with him, and the next thing you know, he's talking about how bulls shit. So I just got out of there because the guy couldn't make up his mind which kind of shit he wanted to talk about. I mean, I'm from Cody, you know, in Wyoming. And, you know, we grow up around all that stuff. Are Todd Graham uh, and Butch Jones brothers? They might as <laughs> they, they might as well be. They have the same haircut. You know, Todd Graham's got to be the older brother who really put Butch through some shit, right? <laughs> and, and follow-up question, are they both Buzz from Home Alone? Are they, or, are they, or are they both the coach from Beavis and Butthead? That's the other thing I thought. Are they the roast shampoo you? Yeah. 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 They're the older brother from Weird Science. They're Chet. Yeah. They're Chet. We've expended so many 
tired cultural references in one single thing. Yeah, tired cultural references. I mean, you're talking about Tennessee football. Oh God, oh, they didn't even God. play this week. Ooh. Well, that's their. Own. I mean, shit. Maybe they ought to have, huh? Yeah, um, I don't know. You want to stay? You want to stay relevant? The other thing, Mike Leach's face on this—it's the best curve. It's such a good diss because he hears it and and then just goes, "Yeah, I don't even want to deal with that," and just keeps walking. There's no change of expression, just a mask. Like, oh yeah, sure. I just how's that L? I got another one for you. Here, look. <laughs> hold your hand like this. It's an L. Um, what you got? Listen, I just gave you, Jason. I understand that Tennessee didn't play this week, even though you, you were very rude. But there is a UT that did. Oh, oh god damn it! Yeah, Man. yeah. We don't have to talk about it. We just have to. We just have to say this: Kansas State twenty four, Texas twenty one. Oh, let's talk about you. Let's talk about Toledo. That's a UT, right? If you did not, if you did not watch Texas K State, and really, unless you're a depraved individual. Why would you? Let I, me, uh, I, me I, I watched this game. Yeah, you did. You know why you watch it? Because you like watching Bill Snyder play Pinochle. You like <laughs> watching you like watching Bill Snyder do what Bill Snyder does, which is hold the ball for almost forty minutes, turn a tight end into a laser accurate quarterback <laughs> capable of dominating a game single handedly. Mind you, this would have been a bigger blowout, but K State turned the ball over three times. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, this they, could have they, been they kept Texas great. in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> which, which in the which in the end just felt cruel and unnecessary. Yeah, and in case you think like Bill Snyder's this nice man, I will always argue Bill Snyder. There ain't a nice bone in his body. You know why he writes notes to taunt? I'm so polite. Here you go. Like after the game, he went up to Charlie and goes, "You know what? Uh, you're you're gonna be fine." You're going to work this out. I think you're the man for Texas. That's a real classy gesture. Do you know what it was? It's the kiss of death. It's Bill Snyder. Just mwah, bye. Yeah, this, but this is also like how historical rivals would, you know, would correspond like this. It, it, it feels like something Civil War generals would do. Just sort of write a cordial letter to one another and then say, sorry about the gangrene. Yeah, so Bill Snyder's <laughs> contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> exactly. He learned it. He learned it from PGT Beauregard. <laughs> Actually, that'd be the wrong side. <laughs> he beat he beat PGT Beauregard, and then you know what he did? He said, "I think you're the right man for the Confederate <laughs> Army." <laughs> oh my I god, you're doing yeah. a great job. You keep it up. Um, the long list of people that Bill Snyder's buried. We'll just write it one day, and you will just reel at how many people. Like, why wouldn't you be that way if you're Bill Snyder? I have seen what you are. Everything that has already been will be again. And you know who's still going to be coaching K-State at the end of it? Me. God. Just. Ugh. Yeah. Charlie's in trouble. It, it was good. This had, um, what, what we, in the first half, there was a 16-play drive, I believe. They took up about seven minutes of game time. And I really hope we can. It's, I, this is what I think Bill Snyder's doing. He refuses to die or quit coaching until he can coach the perfect drive, which is a drive that starts at the one and every play gains exactly 3.34 yards. And he just keeps doing that all the way down the field until they get a touchdown. Second, so second, if he gained, gained 2.6, then what could, that would be... Oh, if he, you're saying he's going for fourth down over and yeah, over Yeah, he's going over for again. every fourth down, right. even at his own seven. <laughs> even, see, see yeah. that, feels, that feels a little wild for Bill. Like I think at some point he thinks that's showy, but well, I maybe think, maybe every third down is a penalty. Then th- this is yeah okay that's fine. This is more of like yeah. a minimalism thing. Uh, honestly, if Bill Snyder could get the ball um, up three in the let's say the start of the third quarter and just hold on to it, gain a first down, lose all that yardage due to a penalty, gain the first down back, lose the yardage again, and just sort of never move outside of a twenty yard area, I think he'd be perfectly happy. Just run out let me the give whole you, 30 minutes of game clock. Let me give you the ultimate Snyder scenario, which is what happened in this game. Score quickly on a touchdown, force a punt, then the next touchdown drive, just to let you know what you're in for. 16 plays, 80 yards, 723 off the clock. Then, 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 four punts, happily exchanged. Four of them, just dump, 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 dump. And then a K-State touchdown. I feel like on these long That's, K-State drives, he should just be on the sideline, like, luxuriously playing uh, bass guitar or something. Just, like, extended solos. 
<laughs> just on a fretless bass. It yeah. has to be fretless and he has to be playing some sort of like smooth jazz. Welcome, welcome to college upright, football. Upright bass, right? Welcome to college football's jam band. My favorite part of this game was when K-State converted one of its, I think it was two for two on fourth down. Um, and it has this formation that's like even more Stanford than Stanford, where there are seven across the line, quarterback jammed up tight, and then three big dudes right behind the quarterback, like right behind the quarterback. It is the most compact formation you could possibly have in all of football. Um, and at the snap, the three yeah, big dudes it almost, just go it, straight up the quarterback's ass, and he'll gain a yard. There's no way around it. He'll either gain a yard or he'll be mashed into a diamond, one of the two. Either way, you win. You get an asset or a first down. <laughs> you can't trust currency. Guess what you can trust? Diamonds. Bill Snyder knows this. He, he survived the sack of Ithaca. The... <laughs> The other, the, the other game, I know we didn't really want to discuss Texas, but here we go. The, I want to discuss something happier, which is uh, Lamar Jackson, because I enjoyed t- discussing Lamar Jackson. Um, most people, I don't think, gave this enough pub because it came on at noon. I guess that's when people go grocery shopping who don't watch college football. Well, no, that's, that's not why they didn't give it enough pub. It's because oh, the game what, was fucking what, what, over after eight minutes. Why, why, why would you say that? Do you, do you think that, I don't know. 44 to nothing is a commanding halftime lead. <laughs> at which point, at which point did, uh, did they pull Lamar Jackson off the field? Nope. Sure as hell nope. didn't. Well, how else is he going to get reps? That's, that's, that's a really how, good point. It actually is a good point with Lamar Jackson because they get up so fast and, and with such fury that Lamar Jackson, uh, honestly probably doesn't know how to play a fourth quarter. He, he's played one versus Clemson. Really? Uh, everything else? been kind of dicey nc state spent most of last week talking about how well coached they were yeah they're pretty well coached they don't have a lamar jackson they also by the way don't know how to deal with louisville's defense and there's no crime in that most people don't louisville's defense looked great super disruptive nasty uh just yeah they were a handful they were a problem like this makes clemson louisville look even weirder in retrospect because we often don't think about how styles make fights. Uh, NC State had nine on the day. That was with garbage time. Which was most of the game, again. If you're Clemson, do you just look up every single week at <laughs> at Louisville's score and think like, whew, <laughs> couldn't be me. Glad I, glad we don't have to play Clemson. Glad we don't have to play Louisville anymore this year. Got that out the way. Like, that's like, you know, all your bills are paid. That's that feeling. Not having to play Louisville again at any point this season. Dodged a bullet. That's what that is. They dodged a bullet by getting Louisville, I guess, when they did, how they did. uh, And I don't know, under the certain correct phase of the moon that they did, because I don't think that's how that game would go again. Um, Can we talk about Iowa real quick? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm already doing this. What? One does not talk about... Iowa things do not happen real quick, unless we're talking about the field goal. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about the field goal. Jason, Jason, since you're our designated uh, narrator for all of these things, lay it out for the people. So I believe it was about four minutes left. The score was, uh, I was down by by eight. Eight points, yes. Eight points, 14 to six, I believe. Um, Had the ball around the 30 or so, maybe maybe a little further out, but a, a makeable field goal range. Um, I believe it was a fourth and five, and Iowa elected to kick the field goal and missed it, which gave Wisconsin the ball in decent field position. They drove down and and, and kicked a field goal of their own, uh, and that was pretty much that. Uh, and when asked about it after the game, why you know why not just go for the touchdown? Because if you get if you get the six and the two, the game's tied up. Um, Kirk Ferentz said, "No, we we needed two scores. You know, we were down by eight. We needed two scores." And he was asked again, like. Basically, you know, two point conversions exist, right? And his reply was more or less, uh, "Yeah, it was. We felt it was the best decision at the time." So like, I, have, I have two. I have two feelings here. Um, first of all, people get people got really upset about this, and you know, suggested that Kirk Ferentz doesn't know how to do math and that he's just this crusty old idiot. At this point, that's on you, man. If you ask Kirk Ferentz, "Hey, <laughs> why did you do the uh, unnecessarily conservative thing?" that had basically no chance of helping your team in the long run and just was cowardly and stupid, the answer is, because I'm fucking Kirk Ferentz and I get paid to do that. I get paid what, very well. What incentive has anyone ever given him 
to not to be Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> But my Wasn't other, that the whole story of last year, though? Like that he was oh, slightly they're, they're, different. They're bold. They're mixing it up. Like they they're returning punts more aggressively. That's the most <laughs> <Irish> <laughs> <ever>. like, <laughs> oh, Kirk's letting his hair down. We're returning punts a little less conservatively. But, but my yeah. my alternate theory is this: it's not that Kirk Ferentz can't do math. It's that he refuses to use a computer and that he's still using a rule book from before the two point rule was brought in whenever uh, the hell that was. And they keep emailing him updated rule book rule books. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the old one. I'm good. <laughs> I got it. Nothing beats the originals. I got it on vinyl. <laughs> I think maybe he's hit the point where he no longer uses any new technologies, even if those technologies are just rewrites of rules. Like, do you think Kirk Ferentz DVRs anything? He's Ever. never he's never updated he's never updated his operating system. Not a chance. No. Wasn't didn't the solid verbal have him on and ask him about his favorite movie and it was something from like nineteen seventy like the last movie he's seen and it was like it was like the Deer Hunter or something, old. yeah. Man, why would you have Kirk Ferentz on? <laughs> like what's he <laughs> he's, a nice, he's a nice man. He's a nice man, but man, like what what like look at that like look at the way he coaches football. Look at his like yeah, what what are you going to get out of them? I need to go listen to this because the solid verbal are brilliant. I just want to see if they actually got something out of him. Like, I don't think this is a dude that you get on for color. This is just, uh, yeah, this, this game was terrible. This yeah, game was, it was terrible. And Wisconsin, I give you very little credit for winning it. This was every Wisconsin, Iowa game ever. And I hate watching them. Yeah. This was everything that Wisconsin, Iowa was supposed to be unwatchable. Can you believe this and Oklahoma, Texas Tech are the same sport? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. God. By the way, can I go can I go back to Texas for just a second? Oh man. Oh, damn it. I thought yeah, I was yeah, the no, asshole. No, no, I got it. No, this is a segue. Okay. Remember, what what's their what's their escape plan? Their escape plan is Tom Herman. How'd oh. his weekend go? Oh, it, uh well, he lost by I think three scores to a team he talked shit about. That's correct. A team that still has a losing record. But but he didn't do it with Texas University of Texas players. Okay, he just needs a resource bump. Yeah, so he can lose by three scores. <laughs> With University of Texas players. Talking shit about a better three and four opponent. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, okay, the- yeah, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Oh, this was everything that I think you wanted it to be, the 66-59 final. No, that's not an overtime score. That's the final <laughs> score. We'll keep, we'll keep playing this game, by the way. Uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, 88 attempts that's over three games right nope that's one game i know that that's like that's a shocking number even for air raid it's one shy i believe of connor halliday's record for most passes in a game also again also in a loss which we're dealing with here uh (laughs) through five tds at 734 yards if you add up all of this there's almost a mile of offense in this game because in addition to between the two teams yeah yeah between the two teams And, and and if you add all this up by the way uh, Oklahoma established the the bizarre achievement of having a 500-yard passer, a 200-yard rusher, and a 200-yard receiver, which uh, has uh, never, I don't believe that's ever been done. It's been, uh, I think Oklahoma people are saying it's never been done, which it sounds hard to do. Um, Mahomes had the most yardage any college football player has ever recorded in any game. Um, completed, set a Big 12 record for completions, breaking Cliff Kingsbury's record. Um, man, this is, I mean, the, broke, the most Big 12 broke, game broke of all the time. Texas Tech, broke the Texas Tech yardage record, which was 662. That I mean, BJ's. shattered the Texas Tech. I mean, they set the Division One record for, you know, tied the Division One record for passing. Um, I mean, the score alone does not tell what happened in this game. Uh, the most Big Twelve game of all time, and I'm 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 pretty happy we got to witness it. It's so bizarre how like split down the middle it was too. Exa- both teams finished with exactly 854 total yards. Granted, they got it in different ways, but the difference in time of possession, Texas Tech had slightly more at 30 minutes 53 seconds, Oklahoma 29 minutes seven seconds. Um, if you are Mike Stoops. What are you what are you doing with your team uh this week? <laughs> he said there was a quote where he said we tried man, we tried zone, none of it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, uh longest scoring drive? 
Longest scoring drive. Remember we were talking about glorious seven and eight minute scoring drives, that K-State game. Longest scoring drive, Texas Tech had a 425-er. That was it. A methodical <laughs> 425. Holy shit. <laughs> 425 is the longest drive in the whole game. It gets worse when you look at Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma, Oklahoma was scoring in a minute 37, 44 seconds. Okay. Uh, they did punt. <laughs> there were a couple of punts in this game. That happened. And then the rest of them are like 42 seconds, a minute 26, a minute. Like they, Oklahoma scored faster than Texas Tech. Not great. Um, Incredible. And for, for any Big Ten fans who have just heard us complain about Wisconsin, Iowa, and then praise this, I mean, just wait till Ohio State, Michigan, when we're like openly begging for a 10 7 in hellish conditions. Like, we're, you know, listen, we're, we're, we're not just like. You know, it's it's not just about points. It's I mean, about well, whatever. Mich- the Big Ten's got Michigan. Michigan is happy to put as many points on you as they conceivably that's true. can. We love Michigan games. Mich- we'll Michigan will. Uh, oh, we're up thirty-four points on Illinois. Don't care. Fake punt. Fake punt. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey. oh, we're still up, and we got a bad spot on fourth and two. Don't care. Challenge. I don't know that Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it's already well established that Jim Harbaugh has no off switch, right? Correct. He is also, he is he is the robot at the beginning of RoboCop that they try to use the the stop command on. He's like, nope, I got these guns for a reason, and I'm lighting you up. A drastic chill deficiency. Like, <laughs> oh, cannot conceive None. of like the idea of not competing, no matter what if, the score. I mean, keep in mind this is the man who basically made his very first national impression by choosing to score more points on Pete Carroll. Pissing off Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, like already a troll of a coach, got out trolled by Jim Harbaugh, who just could not conceive of not scoring more points. I think your best bet at this juncture is to prey on Jim Harbaugh's uh, addiction to competition and sort of try to lure him into distracting things. Like, like just, a side quest. Just before the first quarter, before the game starts, send a grad assistant over to the Michigan sideline. Have that Michi- Have him holding two gallons of milk. And just hand one to Jim and say, I bet I can chug this faster than you, fuck. You're on. And then he's yeah. throwing throwing up for the whole fourth quarter, calling for fake punts anyway. No way he's throwing up, man. Jim's keeping that down. He's going to look awful. He's going to have like a hand on his butt, literally, to like hold it in. And he's, he's yeah. Jim, Jim was, Harbaugh just pooped a wheel of Monterey Jack. And Michigan goes for it on fourth. <laughs> Players are so inspired. They're like, "Dude, this is amazing!" <laughs> Run through a wall for that man. I'd do this. I'd get a. I'd get a sleeper grad assistant to just put Pokemon Go on his phone. <laughs> oh yeah, he's roaming the stadium during the game, right? You section thirty-seven, hold still. <laughs> hold still. I gotta get this war turtle. You're in grave fucking danger. Um. <laughs> Is there is there is there any any game or competition or sport? Is there anything that you feel like you could safely compete against Jim Harbaugh in? Like maybe a um, you mean in win? No, just just walk away feeling like okay, I never felt threatened for my life. It would have to be like a computer game where you're like you're playing, you know. It's it's not it's not local internet. Oh, like you're not in the same building. Right, right. Um, I just want Jim yeah, Harbaugh. To, I just want Jim Harbaugh to go on the prices right because he'll rip that fucking wheel off its moorings. <laughs> he's also he's also taken to wearing the not horn rims. I don't think that's the exact glasses. They are the same model of glasses worn by. In his own words, he wore uh, he wore them in honor of Woody Hayes, Malcolm X. And Michael Douglas. Now, um, not not oh, hold on, not Michael Douglas. No, no, no. Michael that's Douglas. Getting, that's what I'm getting to. Not okay. Michael Douglas, but but which Michael Douglas, Ryan? Michael Douglas in falling fucking down. <laughs> Deep end. Which I'm pretty sure. Which I'm pretty sure. Feach is a movie about road rage that goes so far awry that it ends up with one man shooting a rocket launcher. Yeah. That man is Michael Douglas. If you think yeah. Jim Harbaugh wouldn't shoot a rocket launcher. Over a bad call, you are very wrong. Woody Hayes, a uh, known rageaholic, who, in addition to that, also uh, 
also said of the My Lai massacre that, you know, they probably deserved it unless they were like under the age of five. That's Woody Hayes. All right. And then Malcolm X, whose appearance in this list of people is so baffling to me. I'm just going to punt. I'm yep. going to do the Big Ten thing, y'all. Let's, I'm a yeah. punt. And now we yeah. will talk about a different game. Um, hey, let's let's hats off to the UCLA defense. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> Mike, Gun- Mike Gundy talked about the other day how, you know, it made sort of a confusing comment about kids today on their phones and blah, blah, blah. And it's very easy to look at college students, people in this generation and say, oh, they're selfish. They're self-centered. UCLA's went out of its way to make a retiree's day. And I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. The, the, truly honoring our senior citizens. They, they really gave, they gave Joe Williams a senior citizen discount is what it was. That's right. Early bird. The, this young man who came out of retirement because uh, Utah's running back depth chart had disappeared and um, then set the school record because he got to play UCLA. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty yeah, sweet that- of you. That and remember how UCLA was going to be a run first, hard nose. Oh, you mean they threw seventy passes, even though Josh Rosen wasn't in the game? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's done. <laughs> that's over. <laughs> so they're on onto a new brand. Um, we yeah, U- UCLA is now UCLA is now one in four in conference play. This is oh, this is not a good team and. This is a team that I'll give I'll give them Oregon State at this point, just because even though Oregon State did beat Cal and has been better this year than they have in years past, this is a team that I don't feel great about getting to a bowl game. They still got to go on the road to Colorado in a couple weeks. They have the USC game, as usual, and they finish up with a Cal team that is, you know, sometimes really good, sometimes not so good. But UCLA, all season long, they're just kind of shit. UCLA, kind of shit. Disagree with us, if you will. It's totally accurate. The other game that I would like to highlight before we go, um, Oregon Cal. I stayed up for this because I'm stupid. Uh, This game started at 10.30. This game ended uh, on Eastern Time at around 3.04. 3.04. In case you wonder whether Cal just giving you more football, whether you want it or not, was the thing that happened. Yeah, that happened. Cal just gives. They give and give and give. You may not want to keep watching them, but they'll make you. Because by extending the game to unreasonable lengths and then taking it to OT, oh, Cal, just giving giving whether you want them to be or not. Oregon now falls to 0-4 in the Pac-12. A much more competitive Oregon team than they had been in weeks past. Mind you, this was against who? Cal. Yeah, you, you almost beat Cal. That's where Oregon is as a program. Maryland beat Michigan State, and we were all just sort of like, yeah, I mean, that sounds right at this juncture. Nobody seemed particularly phased or uh, perturbed by it. Just sort of like, yeah, I mean, Michigan State, not a good team. Who do they get to play next? Oh, that's right. The number two Michigan Wolverines. That game is going to be not safe for television. Grim. It's a grim, grim game. A few other things I'd like to note. I'm going to, in the top whatever this week, I'm going to rank UCF probably third. uh, For purely uh, salt reasons, I assume. Yep. Yep, UCF. They're they're four and three. You say, why would you put a four and three team in there? I'm going to answer that. We've been tracing the history of this rivalry. Uh, it's rather one-sided because only UConn believes it exists. Bob Yako <laughs> just picked a rival out of nowhere. He chose UCF. He put a rivalry clock because I guess when you start a football program uh, as a new coach, you just need to put a rivalry clock against somebody to remind them of impending conflict. And I use that word because this was termed the civil conflict with the conflict being the CT at the end for Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. UCF in Connecticut. UCF beats them in Connecticut 24 to 16. The rivalry trophy trophy comes out and UCF leaves the field without it. Yeah. I don't know whether they forgot it. No, 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 no. They, they, no, that, they was, don't care. Oh, that was a They've choice. They openly said they don't care. Last year at this game, 
UCF mascot was Luke. holding up the Regina George stop trying to make the civil conflict happen <laughs> sign. <laughs> U- UConn literally did not even ask UCF if they wanted to have a rivalry. The UCF's, uh, like, I think the first time anyone acknowledged it was um, Scott Frost. Someone asked him about it this year, and he sort of said, oh, you know, sure. Um, conference games. Those are, yeah. We, yeah, we try to win those. Like, <laughs> I think at this point, if you're Connecticut, um, just pick a new, just pick a new rivalry. Pick preferably somebody you've never even played, and just be like, "Yep, that Ohio State—they're our rival now. Ohio State <laughs> UConn is 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 our greatest rivalry. We've never played on the field because they're too. That's how that's how hate that's how hate filled this clash would it's- be." We hate each other so much, like our boys are holding us back. Mm-hmm. Like if, if this fence wasn't here, boy, we'd be playing twelve times a year. Yep. Never played Texas A and M. There. There's a new ride. Yukon Yukon A and M. Huskies Huskies Aggies. Husky Aggies. That's what and the trophy is just a very fat dog. <laughs>